0: Yo Can you hear me okay? Yeah, he's doing good me.
1: Um, no I said are you doing okay? Not, uh, can you hear me okay? I, thought I
0: said can you hear me okay I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. Oh, Thank you yeah uh, <laughs> but you sound great.
1: So, you? <laughs> I'm glad bro. Um,
0: that was hilarious yesterday the- when you turned your camera on when we were in the uh, yeah. we were having a meeting yesterday, uh-huh. Mario turned his camera on, I swear he looked like he was in the back of the space shuttle with like an oxygen suit on. Yeah. Don't know what yeah, you're it was, doing. It was, that's uh, how you spend your casual Sunday in like a uh, hyperbaric chamber with an ma- oxygen mask on.
1: Yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah. that's, that's my life, man. <laughs> I'm question- I started no joke after that call. I started cause your response, your reaction made me question my life <laughs> for the last 24 hours. I'm just questioning everything about my life.
0: <laughs> well, I just it, was, it literally looked like you were like
1: uh, at space camp. <laughs> You should, uh, if you do end up coming to Dubai, finally, yeah, you know, we're going to have, we're going to first time we meet in Dubai, we'll be in that chamber
0: for sure. A hundred percent. And I need to wear one of
1: those, uh, other mask things you
0: wear all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the purifier, man. I was, uh, I was one of the first people in the world I got it on day two and I was the first foreigner to buy it. Just coincidence. I happened to be in New York at the time and uh, first not foreigner, but first non-US resident. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, when I posted about it, um, I was grilled. Uh, no, not many people were happy. Uh, you know, I right, can't, going can't th- make I'm, everyone I'm, happy. Go ahead. Now I'm just going through the news. How are the markets looking? I don't know why CMC is not opening for me. The uh, weekend's yeah. been... St- <laughs> flattish. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah.
0: All, all coins have continued to run. I think that uh, expectedly, if we're talking specifically about crypto, that um, a lot of people expected this kind of 38 area to be problematic. It uh, doesn't mean by stretch, it means the bull market's over, nothing like that. But, you know, as we talked about kind of last week, 38,000 to 40, that's the area that Bitcoin was trading before the Luna collapse, right? And before all the contagion of last year. So I think there's an expectation, obviously, that there would be uh, a lot of uh, taking profit and selling in that area. So I think it's just sort of... Uh, run into a wall, but everything's kind of sideways. We had some big altcoin movements and rotation throughout the weekend. I think they go they go way up, they come a bit down, everybody says it's over, rotates into something else. I mean, for me personally, my eyes are kind of on ETH. I just think that it's been lagging massively and, and looks really, really good on the chart.
1: I'm just looking at ETH now, still above 2K. What's Solana? Let me see, Solana's at 56. Um, so it's still pretty steady after the pump. Uh, let me have a look. Went yeah, down five percent two yeah. minutes ago. Um, but yeah, holy shit! Now it's still so, so doing really well. It's at the peak. Fifty fifty six dollars. Shit! Yeah, yeah, not it's bad crazy. at all. Yeah, um, crazy. And uh, it's good to see et. Uh, sorry, it's good to see NFTs in the title finally. It's been it's been long enough. Uh, but there's one thing that Peter Schiff talks about. You know, saying that the the ETF news has already been priced into the markets and uh, we could be we could be disappointed by the impact it will have on the markets. And uh, we have a, 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 a report done by Alliance Bernstein, and they do talk about the same thing that they think uh, the market, the big pump that we're all waiting for, the, the bull market, will be till uh, the cycle peak will be in 2025, not next year.
0: And they talk it's, about how I mean, the, That makes sense.
1: Mm, yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I mean, the,
0: literally, if you just look at the four-year cycle, the, I mean, this is a uh, you sort of s- slightly. Uh, advanced bullish move but you would expect that really it would start to ramp up in late 2024 six or seven months after the halving and then blast off into 2025 but uh, you know these cycles don't have to repeat exactly if they did everybody would be really rich
1: yeah, the current BTC breakout is just simply ETF approval news. I'm just reading their quote from the report. Approval news getting slowly priced in, and then the market monitors the initial outflows and likely gets disappointed in the short term. Uh, James, we'd love to get your thoughts on this particular statement. That Do you think the market will be disappointed on the short-term inflows from the ETF?
2: Um, <laughs> I don't want to make a blanket statement on that, but <clears throat> I do tend to somewhat agree. I don't think this is going to be the same sort of like uh, – um, insane frenzy that we saw for Biddo. Uh, one, that was the very different um, market at the time when that launched. Um, so that that also, like the way I look at Biddo was it was more the underlying market driving the flows into BITO. And in that case, it was about just over a billion in a day or two. I, I do think this thing could see a billion in flows in a week or a couple of weeks. But the, the more larger impact that we'll see here and Research from Galaxy and others are, are in saying similar things, including Bitwise. It's more going to be the long term impact, right? It's the it's the fact that people can start allocating in traditional portfolios and traditional um, trad fi type. Uh, players will start using this for for longer term allocations you're you're not going to likely see a bunch of advisors who are on the sidelines waiting for this before they start playing in the space all of a sudden the minute it launches or the week even it launches they're going to start allocating it's going to be a process of looking at all the things that are available to them figuring out which ones they like and then allocating so that could be months or even years before we start seeing this the flows come from from that side of things obviously there are still going to be people that are traders and some advisors might be jumping on this quick there will, I think there will also be flows coming from things like BIDO and potentially GBTC and even potentially Canadian ETFs moving uh, or international ETFs moving to U.S. versions. Um, so there could be flows that would be more like movement from other exposed products to U.S.-based products. Um, but, yeah, I think I broadly agree. I think there's just a lot of nuance, as I tried to lay out of it here, that in, in exactly what's going to happen over the, the relatively short term.
0: Mario, we also have uh, Eliezer here from. Uh, I hope that I pronounced it correctly. From twenty twenty one shares, uh, the parent company twenty one shares twenty one co. He's the head of research there. Obviously, anyone who knows that's who ARC, I believe, has been has been partnering with for their ETF application. So perhaps you have some color uh, there as well and your thoughts on you know when we might see approval. Obviously, we saw the Ethereum spot ETF. Application last week from from BlackRock, or at least at least the filing, but you guys uh, with Arc had filed actually quite a while ago. So just maybe paint a picture of where you're seeing the market right now, Let's see,
3: Eliezer. Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me. Um, we, we don't specifically comment on, on ETF applications uh, at 21 shares and ARK. Uh, but, but of course, it's an exciting development uh, when it comes to outflows from existing products like, like Beto and Canadian ETFs. As, as James mentioned, it's possible that we could see that. But I think in the more longer term, especially when we look at the cost basis of some of these investors, October 2021, you know, BTC was around $55,000 um, or, or $60,000. So we could see more inflows when we have uh, these kind of levels back to 50, $55,000, $60,000 uh, per, per BTC uh, down the line. Uh, this is where it could be more exciting for the investors to switch. Uh, but other than that, I think I think for us, we we're just waiting, waiting to see, you know, how how the, this whole market uh, is going to play out with the narrative of like having vegetable products like ETFs available to them, in their traditional portfolios, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, no one really knows uh, when it comes to the timelines. It's really hard to, to read between the lines.
0: Yeah, I think nobody knows about the timelines and then there's endless conjecture about what the actual demand and, and inflows will be that James was just touching on, right? I mean, we have is hyperbolic. If every person on the planet and every investment fund puts a 1%, then we'll get this many trillion. And I, <laughs> I just don't believe that everybody's... Like, if people wanted access to Bitcoin, Ethereum, largely, many of them have found it. So it's not like we're going from zero to 100 just by having ETF approved.
3: Go ahead, Alex. Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more with you for sure. I think there is more, more catalyst to consider as well. Uh, when it comes to you know the potential crackdown of miners in the U.S. Uh, with heightened geopolitical conflict between the U.S. and China, these are another thing to, to consider as well, um, because we're seeing more and more uh, stringent regulation and as well as uh, investigations on on Bitcoin mining in the U.S. So so I think that's another catalyst to consider too. But but, but I think but I think for us, you know, when it comes to to the ETF itself, uh, it's it's still, you know, a question mark, but uh, very exciting uh, developments for sure. Terrence? So I agree with that. The other issue is
4: I think um, the Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. is hugely legitimizing for many investors when you have not just ARK, but $4 trillion plus asset managers um, all applying and probably getting approved and launching spot Bitcoin ETFs. That's just going to change the mindset. And for a lot of people, our friends and family members who haven't gotten into Bitcoin or crypto, they're going to see that Bitcoin is now legitimized by these major players and start buying probably through their you know, Schwab account or Vanguard. They don't have to open up a Coinbase account and worry about you know, the lawsuits they're involved in and so forth
0: yeah I, I don't necessarily disagree. James, I want to talk about this sort of Goldilocks window that everybody's been hinting at here. I know I think consensus is still January, you know or, or by the end of the year, but we do have this moment that you've kind of talked quite a bit about where we could in theory get a whole bunch of approvals all at once, right?
2: Yeah, so to be clear, I, I actually think the more likely scenario is what you said. It's more likely going to happen in or closer to to January. Uh, But we are in a window here where if the SEC wanted to approve 12 of them, all 12, at the same time, they could do it right now for the first time since the Grayscale case. So I won't say that, like, oh, my God, it's definitely not going to happen, but like – or either or, but it's – I think it's more likely to happen closer to January. And that's happening now because – The Grayscale case was affirmed, and since then, a bunch of these filings, including BlackRock and Fidelity and Invesco, have come out of what's known as a comment period. Essentially, I'm sure some people listening, and I know people up here speaking, have seen these where like anyone can submit public comments, and then the SEC will often um, rebuttal them in some cases. Um, That comment period is over. Um, So all of a sudden, now they can theoretically approve under the 19B4 process. Um, So this is the first time it's come out of there. We are due for another deadline on the 17th for two filings from Hashtags and Franklin. Global X has another deadline on the 21st, which will definitely have a 35 day period. Um, where they have to issue comments or have some rebuttal comment period. So if we wait till the 21st and then they ultimately delay Global X, then all of a sudden they can't approve all 12 at once. Now, one thing we've been saying is we think the SEC is going to try to let these all go at the same time, which is what we were saying about Ethereum futures ETFs, and which is exactly what happened. That said, there's 12 filers here, and some of them came very late to the game. A lot of these people that are in this first wave have been trying and filing for (laughs) literally years, just because this is the most recent wave. Um, so I could see the SEC not necessarily waiting for all 12. Um, so that's also not out of the question. But again, like you said at the beginning, it's more likely to happen um, closer to January in our view. And the other part of this is that's the 19 before process. That's through the division of trading markets. That's where we're dealing with the SEC. And they're saying, we're worried about fraud. We're worried about manipulation, spoofing, all these different things. There's another process, which is like the offering documents known as the S1s or S3s, basically the prospectus. And there's another division at the SEC that needs to basically sign off on all the things that are listed in those documents, things like risk disclosures about like what could cause the price to go up and down, what could go wrong with this fund, how is it custodied, uh, is it going to be segregated wallets, who's the custodian going to be, all that information needs to be signed off by the SEC before it can launch. So that's that also needs to happen. So we could theoretically, even if we do get approval under the 19 before in this window in the next four to five days, um, we likely won't be ready because everyone hasn't submitted an S one amendment or a, a new filing word to, to launch those offering documents. So like basically the sec needs to approve in two different areas before we can get a launch.
0: Anything can happen. I just, uh, in my mind, it's very hard intellectually for me to imagine Gary Gensler sitting there rushing to do this before the last possible second, when he would have to, we also have Tom, Tom from Brazil as well. I'm, any Any thoughts you have on the topic at the moment?
5: No, I, I think Ellie and James covered it really well. Uh, so I, I think you guys can continue over to uh, to the ETF conversation or other topics as well. I can comment more on um, other market movements that is happening right now.
1: Yeah, Tom, actually, I do want to ask you on the market movements in general and, and not sure if you, you, you can give us a bit of insight as well into the NFT market. It's in the, it's in the, it's in, it says NFT boom, NFTs boom in the title. So I'm guessing they're doing well in the last few days.
5: Um, I think there is some innovations um, that's happening right now that is not just speculative movements like uh, monkey pictures. Obviously, there are some community Um, value there, such as Pudgy Penguins, it is a good example of um, having product market fit of um, capturing and penetrating the real world um, through Walmart and like physical toys. So I think that's a really great example and aside from that we actually we had some...
1: on, just on that one Tom we had the, the founder of Pudgy Penguins uh, sort of his name but he, yeah. Luca he came Luca. on oh shit you know his, the founder's name and oh, I, I don't it's so. <laughs> got I met him ba- Someone, someone's getting deep into NFTs were, yeah
0: I actually sometimes listen to our conversations here it's
1: amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so he I'm just looking at the floor of uh, of the board but he came on and, and what, what they're doing is really interesting I think they, they're from memory they've got their toys the Pudgy Penguins toys in Walmart and that toy has an NFT linked to it they can unlock and I'm guessing that NFT is incorporated into an ecosystem or a game they're building. Um so it's kind of that bridge between the physical and the and the virtual and the and the digital world uh, through digital ownership. But I'm looking also at the flow of Bored yeah. apes. Um it doesn't seems relatively steady. And uh, let me see, is that in, in ETH? Yeah, uh, but
0: you know, but yeah, but no, so. no, no, I'm looking. No, I'm
1: looking. I'm looking at the floor in ETH. Yeah, ETH is up too, but but and then yeah, usually when ETH is up, the the, the floor would drop and pry in in value in terms. But it's been relatively steady between twenty to thirty. Uh, I think it's just above. Oh, so it's about thirty now. It was thirty ish last cool. I checked. Yeah, thirty. Yeah,
0: 30 exactly. Something like
1: exactly. And and uh, the the I'm not sure about the punks. Uh, let me see what punks are. But yeah, the, the innovation is really interesting, Tom. And what other innovation are you seeing in the NFT ecosystem? Are you seeing gaming starting to gain traction or not yet?
5: Um, I think it's not very widespread yet for the gaming side, but we've been hearing a lot of in- innovative developments from different conferences. A lot of gaming has been building. Um, but right now, I don't see a lot of gaming's interesting games that have been rolled out yet. But obviously, one really under-the-radar development um, that's happening right now is called My Class Chain. And they have been leveraging um, or partnering with CSGO. So Mythos Chain is partnering with Animoca as well. And it is a blockchain that is not widely used by like day-to-day users in DeFi, but then it's actually used by a lot of NFTs users because CSGO is a huge game, as we all know, right? And then, and, um, it is even having a higher um, transacting volume than other JPEGs, like blue chip JPEGs on the Ethereum blockchain, such as Mutin8, And the CSGO that has been um, trading on Mythos chain um, is being like the skin of different guns. So as we all know, when we play uh, mobile games or computer games, we like to buy skins, right? And if you convert it to NFTs, it is a huge market and it's much bigger and a and, and real-life market that have not been.
0: Yeah, I think you keep dropping out, Tom. Is he dropping out for you, Scott? Yeah, I lost him there too, but I usually just assume it's mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, Tom, you, yeah, you're dropping yeah, out. I'm not true. sure if you're back. But yeah, like I, I've, the BBC put out a story, it put out a report on NFT, surprisingly. According to research, so DAPRATA, DAPRATA, DAP the, the value of NFT transactions hit their lowest point, blah, 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 uh, fallen 90% from the peak. Um, and then the volume, it's still not bad. Like back the first quarter of 2022, the volume was. Um, uh, 12 billion 12.6 uh, down now down to 1.4 billion in the third quarter of this year it's actually not that bad it's better than I expected so it just seems there's life still there but the uh and I know Frentech was doing really well and kind of collapsed since. Not sure if you, you still use Frentech. Um, but in the NFT market, because I know at one stage all the money, all the attention went away from the NFT ecosystem to FriendTech, which just shows that they, you know, they're chasing the next, uh, next shiny object. Um, but the the volume is still, still uh, not bad in my opinion, considering it didn't exist a few years ago. Is, is you yeah. still waiting for further capitulation, or are you already uh, sweep some floors, Scott? I haven't
0: swept any floors, but I'm not waiting for capitulation after that NFT space as we did where everybody on stage was a punk or a board ape and we're literally crying that the NFT space was over. I was like, your entire identity on your actual X account is a board ape and you're telling me they're going to zero, then it's probably time to buy.
1: Yeah. uh,
5: One one thing I want to add is um, why the volume has done bad is because like previously, these NFT marketplaces have also been um, placing a lot of incentives, such as such as LooksRare, x2y2, and even Blur. Recently, they've offered a lot of incentives, specifically for LooksRare and x2y2. They have offered a lot of token um, um, incentive, which causes a lot of um, inorganic trading you dropped out. issue, which is
1: that
5: Yeah, sorry. About yeah, that. sorry. You jumped out again. Like, Finish off. Yeah. all good. Yeah, like wash trading. Um, which has greatly inflated the trading volume previously. And therefore, right now, um, a lot of these um, Proco, like looks X2Y2, they don't have a lot of tokens left on their marketing plan to continue to incentivize users to trade on their platform, right? And therefore, um, the trading volume is down, but actually the organic volume isn't down that bad because a lot mm-hmm. of users are still trading entities. That's, and good. That's that, good to see
1: um, yeah, that's, that's good. Tom, you keep cutting out. But it's that, good to see that the organic, uh, organic volume hasn't dropped. It's just a speculation that's kind of gone away. Um, I, I do want to go back. I'm just going through the Scott moving away from NFTs. I think it's a good, good quick overview with Tom. Um, we could talk about it a bit more tomorrow, get a few of the, a few of the leaders in the ecosystem. But looking at the Peter Schiff uh, report, I, don't know, I feel it's a waste of time. We should probably have him back on the show. Uh, I remember last time he was on the show, me and him were both in a hyperbaric chamber. Um, I think I was in there as well and both of us doing the space from that yes. uh, chamber. Exactly. So I actually like him. I like him a lot more from that day. Um, but he did put out a, uh, or I think he was being interviewed and he talked about the, the ETF news, probably going to be, disappointing to the markets. So it's already all been priced in, which I think it has. Like, I don't think I, he's I, a perma bear on Bitcoin. Like, true. Give him any, I, I'm not saying he's right
0: or wrong, but give him any quote unquote catalyst or news. And he's going to tell you why it's bearish for Bitcoin and why it's going to crash. And here we are at, you know, $37,000.
1: <laughs> so true, but doesn't mean everything, uh, but doesn't mean every, everything. doesn't mean everything he says as far as like, I, I'd be correct. surprised. It was based
0: and, on, I think he did a Twitter poll, you know, or X poll and basically said, you know, when will Bitcoin crash? And it was, you know, before the news, after the news, or forget it, who cares? Hold. And almost everyone said, forget it, who cares? Hold. And that really bothered him.
1: Yeah, but th- those those polls are pretty useless, in my opinion. No, Especially but I do think that because are uh, file,
0: yeah, certain person's followers are generally biased towards that person's opinion. So
1: yeah, exactly. And his haters are also going to be biased. They'll so just quote tweet it and, and encourage their followers to go and, and vote against him. Um, but moving away from the poll, like uh, his statement though of everything being priced in in my opinion, it makes sense. Like, look at us. We're talking about it almost every day now, whether briefly or make it the focus of the show. Um, it's, We've seen the market pump after the Coin Telegraph news, uh, false news, and, and since then hasn't corrected. If anything, it just kept kept uh, uh, kept pumping. And um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if what Peter's saying that the markets and see what Chris and Simon think. But the 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 markets uh, have already priced it in, and when the news comes in, we might see might be disappointed as Alliance Bernstein say might be disappointed um, in the inflows coming in from the ETF. And uh, we won't see that rally, that massive pump when the news comes in. It's already been priced in. I'm not sure if, Chris, you believe in that uh, in that thesis. Uh, that, that it's priced in? It's priced in, and we might be disappointed post-launch. Uh, in the short term, might see disappointment. I mean, you know, I, I <laughs> the hardest thing to say right now is anything opposite of what everybody else says, right? Um, but we look in there, and, and at the end of the day – I think the more important thing is whether it's uh, priced in or not. I mean, you know, this is a bull market; it's, price is going to go up. Um, did Chris drop as well? As a yeah, I lost
0: him. I never know if it's me or someone else. But uh, no, yeah,
1: i think, I, I think So I well, Simon, on, on the uh, yeah, you might have yeah, got
2: you're, a call you're losing
1: something. us, Chris. Yeah, I think you're losing us, Chris. Simon, your thoughts on this? Um, you, you, you have, has it all been priced in? I know you don't like talking short
4: term, but it would be good to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, but I can talk about um, things that we've seen in the past. So, you know, there was not as much hype as this. This is probably the maximum amount of hype, but we've had many, many moments when everyone's looking forward to something. And um, I still think that there's an element of, is it going to be approved? Is it, isn't it going to be approved from a lot of money? as opposed to us that are looking at this day in day out and think that it's on the the cusp. So there, there may, it may not have everything priced in, but it can certainly have a massive um, correction. You know, the launch of the futures markets uh, was as hyped up as this. Um, and they marked the top Dead of the market. Top. I don't think, I don't think that's this case because it's just in a different part of the, the cycle. But um, I, I could, I could see, you know, I could see a breaking 40,000 and then it actually happens. Um, and then there's um, an inevitable sell-off um, and then it, it goes into some kind of extended longer term bull market as it takes about six to 12 months for the flows to really come in and really show the demand of this. So I could see at least something like that happening.
1: Yeah. Scott, anything else to add?
0: No, it's just one of those dry days. We haven't heard from Scott and Ryan, so perhaps their quick opinions on the uh, price action, and then we can uh, probably wrap it up. Yeah, uh, uh, Scott, Ryan, you Ryan. there, guys?
6: Yeah, hey guys. Yeah, um, Ryan, would love your thoughts. Love to jump in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit wise. Uh, obviously, again, similar to what the other guys, guys said, I can't comment on any particular application, but I do think that uh, I would take the other end of this argument. That I don't, I don't think that the Bitcoin ETF is priced in. I mean, I think the audience for Bitcoin ETF is like is largely not the audience on the spaces or even on crypto Twitter in general. Most of the people that follow crypto closely on Twitter uh, and that would join a, like a crypto town hall on a Monday morning uh, at ten fifteen or, or seven fifteen are, are not people that are going to access Bitcoin through an ETF. They're they're going to access it through Coinbase account or uh, directly on chain or what have you, and so or already have lots of exposure to Bitcoin because their whole entire uh, premise was kind of front running institutions on this, you know, once in a generation asset. And so I, I think that from that perspective, it's probably not priced in the, the audience is really those are, are parents or grandparents or uh, traditional financial advisors who are managing money on behalf of individuals who can't access Bitcoin on Coinbase or directly on chain and and need an ETF wrapper in order for them to access it, whether it's compliance for the, firm they're associated with or ease of use for them to be able to incorporate it into all of their other uh, reporting and portfolio management systems. It's just not easy when it's sitting on a different exchange or sitting on chain for them to do that. And there's there's all these custodial issues that they'd run into uh, if they were to self-custody on behalf of, of clients from a compliance and risk perspective. And so from that side of things, I don't, I don't believe the money will flow in day one. I do agree with that because I think it takes time for them to even come around to Bitcoin once an ETF is approved. So I don't think we'll see tons of flows in the first day or week but one interesting like nugget of information that i like to refer to is we we run this survey of advisors every year on uh what they're waiting for to allocate to bitcoin and or or to crypto and if they think an etf is going to be approved and we just kind of started wrapping up our results for this year on these advisors that we surveyed and there's 61 percent of the respondents don't think it will happen in the next year so they don't even think it's coming in the next Six months, like we all do, or in the next year and a half. Like,
1: who, who, who's a, who? Sorry, who's the survey for? This is
6: for financial advisors, uh, institutional investors. These are people that
1: are managing money on behalf of clients, and so these are. Who, wow, we live. We, they live in a completely different world. I, I'm surprised. I had no idea about this. Yeah, but when was that? When was that survey done? Uh,
6: over the past six weeks or so.
1: Well, that's pretty significant. Sorry, Ryan, I'm going to go back to you. But James, why do you think that the, there's that divergence of, of opinion when it comes to when the ETS is going to get approved? They don't follow James.
2: <laughs> they they don't they don't follow as closely to this, right? Like this isn't something they are like concerned with, for the most part. We've talked about this and why, we, like advisors right now, it's very hard to bring this type of asset management underneath their umbrella where they charge their fees. So it's kind of just like. Something that they're like tangentially aware of and they know it might be happening at some point, but they're not like worried about it. You got to remember these guys – they're not going to be putting fifty percent of their client portfolios in these things. We're talking one percent three percent five percent allocations like these are these are really satellite portions of the portfolio that they would be allocating to, so it's not something they're going to be super on top of. They're much more concerned with keeping their clients happy and like knowing what's going on and following different model portfolios that they've signed up for so they're not as in tune that he, Ryan makes a good point like the the audience for these types of products are not listening to this <laughs> this spaces right now right like they're
1: yeah, but Ryan. Yeah, so but on that point, Ryan, because I know it's the first point you made, but the the, the audience that listen, there's enough liquidity in the market um, to price in events like this. So even if the, the audience that's listening to, to to our space and keeping up with the news is not the audience that will be investing in the ETF, they are the audience that will eventually price in the ETF news. They they have certain expectations of the amount of inflows that will come in. Pretty smart investors, sophisticated investors, and that's already gets priced in. So I think the the uh, unless I'm misunderstanding your argument, Ryan.
6: No, I, I think that's right. I think there's a lot of people that have tried to front run the the spot Bitcoin ETF. But I also think that majority of the Bitcoin holders out there today, and this might might, might be naive, but I think a lot of the investors in Bitcoin are at, at this point are kind of long term holders and aren't eager to sell uh, even upon a small amount of price appreciation. We're still 50 percent or so down from from the highs of the last cycle, and and those who have been in the space for a while have the thesis that this is a four year that we're going to be entering another three four year cycle of. Of positive years, so if a spot Bitcoin ETF comes in the first year of that cycle, I just don't see a huge amount of sell pressure coming into the market. Um, we saw how much excitement happened when that when that uh, that coin tracker or, or whatever it was rumor hit the hit the uh, press about the ETF being approved, and the price shot up. What was it, ten plus percent in, in a matter of minutes? And I just think that we're kind of on the front front side of that.
1: Scott, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Nothing to add. No, not you. Not you,
1: Scott. Not you, Scott. <laughs> it's not God, all Ryan about you, Scott. Scott <laughs> Mr. Johnson, yeah. would love your opinion instead. <laughs> you, you guys can hear me? Perfectly fine, yeah. Yeah,
7: perfect. Yeah, so I, I, I tend to agree with, with Ryan. I think if you look at the Grayscale discounts on the trust, I mean, it's like 11 12% right now. If you discount back the fees, I mean, it's not predicting... Uh, you know, an approval in the next few months. I mean, so that's indicative. But I think also if you look at how the process played out for Biddo, I mean, you had, you know, rumors the Friday before they launched and then there was like a week before they actually launched and there was, you know, sizable price moves in that interim period. And if you try to like analogize to what we're looking mm-hmm. at now, I mean, let's say we go with James's point, and they approve possibly this week. In my view, you have probably at least a month in between, and maybe even a couple, where you have that interim period where people are preparing, anticipating, and the likelihood of the of, of a launch happens. Um, and you know, I mean, if it's anything close to the frenzy that you saw between bit of rumors and launch, I mean, it's hard to. Deny that it. it's probably not entirely priced in at the moment. So uh, it, it, it'll depend. I think you know how long that period is in between, and they are independent processes. So the longer this nineteen B 19 B4 approval process takes, you know, if it goes to January, then that period in between might be shorter. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting that way. But yeah, kinda, I kind of I have to agree with Ryan and James on that. Cool, Scott uh, Melker. I know some
0: days it's just better to be a short show, man. Oh, well, that's like, not short. We, we did
1: we did we did speak for forty five minutes. Yeah, I don't call that short. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think this is it. There's nothing else to talk about. So why why keep the show going? We'll we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what else. Sorry about the dog. We'll be back tomorrow, guys, and um, same time. Later. Sounds good.
7: Yep. Take it. Bye. Bye.